Our scripture reading today comes from John, and it comes from John 20. And, and I'm sure to many these words are familiar. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they went home. Then they went home. It's a simple statement, isn't it? Come see, go home. Easter's over. Or is it? Because we know there's more to the story than that, isn't there? We don't just go home. Christ is not done with us. And as we'll hear a little bit more in the scripture a little bit later on, there's more to the story than that. Please join me in prayer. Living God, by your Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see the new light of this day. Open our lips to tell of the empty tomb. Open our hearts to believe the good news through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We have another responsive scripture reading this morning from Isaiah. And, and as before, please say the underlined parts. Look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. And no one will ever think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. There has to be a beginning everywhere. And on this day of new beginnings, it's wonderful to remember the original beginning. And as many of you remember that popular uh, radio thing, now for the rest of the story, our, our, our second part of the scripture reading fills in that when the disciples went home, that was not the end of the story. And Ron's going to come forward and do the scripture reading for us. We will hear the rest of the story now. 
Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbanai, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Thank you. Let us pray. Hallelujah, we praise you, O God for the power of your saving love revealed in the resurrection of our Lord. We await with gladness your new heaven and new earth. As you have raised Jesus from the dead, give us the gift of everlasting life that we may worship you forever through Christ our risen Savior. Amen. I have seen the Lord, Mary says. I have seen the Lord. That wasn't the message she was actually given, though, was it? But that's what she needed to tell people. But it, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. The start of this is Mary having a chat with a couple angels and a gardener. In the middle of the resurrection story, we find this sense almost comedic that Mary just doesn't get it. She's standing in the tomb talking to angels. And, and she's worried about Jesus. And then she turns, and she's so worried about Jesus, Jesus standing there before her, and she misses him. She thinks he's a gardener. If it wasn't such a serious moment, it would be laughable. But it's not a laughable moment, though, is it, really? It's that joyful moment. Because it's resurrection, and at that moment she realizes something incredible has happened. Jesus is standing there, and she goes, teacher! Wow! And Jesus says, don't, don't cling to me, don't cling to me, I have not yet ascended. Resurrection is beginning of new life in God, not the completion of it. And this is an incredibly important little piece of scripture that we've been given here. Because John is telling us, yes, Easter morning is where we've received our salvation. It's where we've received our new life. But we're not done. There's more to this life than that. We've been given hope and freedom and forgiveness. 
But Jesus says, I have not yet ascended. Even after his resurrection, he said there is work to do here on earth. And he's setting up people to do it. Mary. Mary is an amazing, amazing woman. Do you realize that Mary is the first evangelist? Ladies, you should be going, yeah. She is the first eyewitness to the resurrection of our Lord, Mary. Mary is amazing. And Mary didn't even recognize Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. And yet, she has been given this amazing thing to do. Go find my brothers. His brothers. We, we gloss over this sentence sometimes, but don't go too fast. Because are, are these the same brothers that just deserted him when he was arrested? Are these the same brothers that haven't been found all night? Are, are, are these the same brothers that denied him? Those brothers? Are, are, is that who she's supposed to go find? And tell them, I am ascending. In other words, tell them, I'm not done. I'm not completed. The things that I've been telling you start to understand. And then he adds, to my father and to your father. <coughs> to my God and your God. My brothers. Now, anybody here have siblings? Yeah. How many times do we forgive brothers and sisters? Over and over and over and over again, don't we? The, 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 the power of the forgiveness of the cross is demonstrated right here. These are the same people that deserted him. These are the same brothers that left him. And yet he says, my brothers. And he doesn't throw them out of the family, does it? Have you ever tried to get rid of a brother or sister? They don't go. No matter, next, next family get together, there they are again. Yeah, they, they still come because that's how family works. And that's how forgiveness works. And that's how unity works. And right here at the cross in this little story, John is helping us to understand that this is what God is all about. Forgiveness and unity and family in God. That's why we're all called together this morning. That's why we all celebrate. That's why we all do this. Because God has called us to stand together. God has called us to forgive one another. God has called us to be a family. Sometimes we don't always like our brothers and sisters. Sometimes we don't always like our parents. But they are who they are and they are part of the family and we can't change that. And that's what Jesus is saying. No matter what you've done, I will forgive you. In me, you have forgiveness. And you have hope. And you have understanding. But most of all, you have forgiveness. But for most of us, it takes that radical moment. Mary! Jesus, teacher, what are you doing there? 
Where did you come from? We have to hear our name, don't we? When Jesus calls out your name, everything changes. There's no longer confusion about who Jesus is. There's no longer any, any confusion about what Jesus has given for you. You've been given hope and freedom and forgiveness. An encounter with the resurrected Son of God leaves you changed. No matter how you go about it, you cannot hear your name. Insert your name here. Jesus comes up before you now and goes, Mary. Oh. Yeah, all of a sudden you're nervous, aren't you? Thank you. All of a sudden you're nervous. If Jesus all of a sudden is in front of you and talking to you and calling you by name, the Son of God standing before you, our salvation standing before us. God knew us before we were knitted in the womb, knows who we are, knows our name, stands in front of us and calls us, are you going to be the same? No, there's no way to be the same. So this morning, is your heart open to hear Jesus speaking to you now? That's tough, isn't it? Well, I got, I'm thinking about Easter dinner right now. I've got to get turkey in the oven. I want to make the... Yeah. And that's the truth of us. And God knows this. But that's why it goes right back to that very beginning. No encounter with Jesus leaves you the same. God will forgive you no matter where and when you find yourself, whenever you find yourself there. Coming to Jesus and saying... I understand that I am not the person you want me to be. I am not quite there. And when I am there, you will take me home. On Thursday, we had a service and we came and placed nails at the foot of the cross to symbolize the sins that Jesus died for us. This morning, I invite you to come forward to take a nail and realize that the sins that have been holding you back have been forgiven. Been forgiven by the cross, been forgiven by the death, resurrection, and ascension, and eventual return of our Lord. Take it home. Put it on your mantle. Put it somewhere beside your bed. Look at it and remember, you are the forgiven Easter people. You have been forgiven in the name of Jesus.